Hello and welcome to Starting Over with Shannon. This is a podcast about fresh starts, new chapters and embracing change and challenge to become a better version of ourselves and create a better world around us. I'm your host Shannon Jenkins and every week I'll be bringing you a different Starting Over story with tips on how to conquer life's difficulties to find greater joy, meaning and purpose. Hello and welcome. Thank you for choosing this episode today. I'm always so grateful to those of you who, in the world of options out there, choose to listen to me and the guests that I line up for you. Very grateful. Now, you may know that this podcast is now in the top 10% globally, and I am so excited about that for obvious reasons, but also because it means that I'll be able to keep serving you with bigger and better guests. But do you know what else I also find personally genuinely encouraging? The fact that a podcast like this, which is all about self-development, healing, spiritual growth, that it is so listened to. It reflects a shift globally where we're waking up to a new way of living, where we are prioritizing our own health and well-being. We're putting the microscope to our own behaviors and getting curious about change and a further consequence of this I've noticed is how much that makes for a better external world as well as an internal world because we become more compassionate kind empathic and mindful in our interactions with others and that's something that I'm passionate about and think that the world needs a lot more of as well so thank you all for being a part of that journey too. Now As there are so many new listeners on the podcast these days, and it has been some time since I spoke in detail about how this podcast came to be, I wanted to do a solo episode and share with you some of my own story and the lessons that I learned in starting over after an abusive relationship. Now, if you haven't lived through an abusive relationship yourself, I'd still hedge a solid bet that these lessons would apply to you nonetheless. And another side note before I get into that, if you follow this podcast and receive notifications when a new episode is released, you may have noticed that as of last week, I have started releasing shorter episodes called Snippets. So I'll be releasing these five to 15 minute episodes every second Thursday, and they will be a selection of some of my favorite moments from the main interviews. So this week's snippet, for instance, was from episode 49 on the secret to knowing what is right for you in love, work and life with keynote speaker and author Vanessa Loder. I love this part because it was all about how we can determine the next right step for us in life, which can often be so hard, right? And a moment also when we're so faced with that fear evoking uncertainty So Vanessa shared with us ways in which the universe sends us signals when we're on the right path and also some practical strategies on how to tune out the external noise, tune into ourselves, our higher selves, in fact, and that of our intuition, an incredibly powerful internal guidance system that would be we would be remiss to ignore. But you will not be alone if... uh, You have ignored that in the past and I'll be sharing with you on this episode my own story in ignoring my own intuition, much to my detriment, but more on that later. 
So if you are time pressed and an hour is a lot to commit for you or maybe you just fancy a short episode while you pop to the shops or pack away after dinner, then I really do think that these snippets will be for you. And if you'd like a reminder and you listen on Spotify, be sure to click the notification bell next to the follow slash following button. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can click on your own profile, go to the notifications and then toggle to the right to switch them on for this podcast. So enough of the boring tech side. (laughs) I'll go over to the lessons I learned. But for those of you who aren't familiar with my own starting over story, I'll give you some context. I'm not going to drag it on because I really do want to focus on the lessons learned and how these could also possibly apply to you and your own life as well. But zooming back. So back in 2014, I was a 21 year old, bright eyed, bushy tailed young woman starting studying at King's College University in London. Now I'd moved to London from an entirely boring little town in the middle of England where I remember evening buses stopped at like 5pm and I had to ask my mum for lifts everywhere because I didn't have a car at the time. So needless to say moving to this exciting capital city was the buzz that I had been looking for and one evening in search of a good laugh I decided to go to a comedy club where my future fiance and father of my son was working so he charmed me pretty quickly but especially my mother I remember she was totally too easily won over by a free bottle of chardonnay and a witty joke or two in exchange for a date with me now I don't know if any of you are familiar with the term love bombing it basically means when somebody typically of the narcissistic variety intentionally charm someone with like bucket loads of attention, gifts, compliments in order to win them over quickly and often develop a deep trust and dependency. Well this happened to me quickly and you know on one level it was bloody great (laughs) if the whole situation paused right about there but of course it didn't. So fast forwarding A long story short, we had a whirlwind romance. It got intense very quickly. I thought I'd met my soulmate and future husband when in reality I'd met the person who really would intentionally try to hurt me for a good long while. And anyone familiar with narcissistic abuse knows how this story goes because the patterns of behavior are just frighteningly similar. So after learning that I was pregnant with our son, the controlling tendency started to show up very quickly, along with continuous derogatory comments that made my self-esteem plummet. So confiscating possessions, false promises, lie after lie. And many people often think that the story ends with separation, but in the cases of abusive relationships, it's actually often when things start heating up and the abuse runs even deeper and that was certainly my experience too so we separated and I only then found myself in the worst situation I had ever been in you know six month old baby no money nowhere to live family on the other side of the world a lot of anxiety often due to constant appeasing of him to not rock the boat or not have backlashes 
And then a two-year-long legal battle that he had basically instigated against me, that ended up backfiring because the result was that the judge actually granted me sole parental rights for our son and permission to leave Australia and move to our current home of Switzerland. And I'm sure you can imagine that's not a decision that a judge grants lightly. So in essence, that was really my starting over. You know, I was in this situation I didn't anticipate being in. I was really dragged to the dark depths of myself, quite honestly. And, you know, as much as there were so many difficult emotions and experiences to process, I did also find a lot of beauty and love and liberation. And now I can strangely look back without hatred, without anger, without regret even, because I learned the lessons that I needed to learn. And I am so sure that I'll never find myself in that situation again. And that brings, of course, such a a confidence or a deep-seated trust, which is so key to well-being. But I wanted to obviously share that with a bit of context and also as the main message really of this podcast overall is that you have an opportunity to go grow through what you go through and that's not always a given but I do think with the right people and the tools you can do just that. So those things in mind I want to go across to really the top five lessons that I took away from that heavy time that have quite honestly led me to finding the most inner peace and contentment I've ever known. I mean, of course, I hope that that continues. I am so not close to being this Zen master or Buddhist monk, but I know in comparison to where I was in my early 20s, as I described at the start, like I am so far from that. And for that, I am proud too. But over to the lessons. Number one, always find a healthy release for heavy emotions. Cry, scream under ocean waves or into a pillow, run in nature, take up boxing or weightlifting or breathe and flow with yoga. You you have to find what works for you by listening to your own body, your heart, your soul. But what I am so convinced of is that you cannot keep anger or bitterness or grudges or resentment trapped inside. It is like drinking poison. And you know, I was reflecting on, have you ever thought of those old sayings like, get something off of your chest or take the weight off your shoulders? Don't you think it's interesting that these remarks actually like implicitly refer to emotions in direct link to our bodies? It's as if we had this language that reflects this old wisdom before we actually had the science to back it up. And now really it's undisputed and becoming more popularly known as well, especially with the work of people like Bessel van der Kolk of The Body Keeps the Score and Gabor Mate. But the key message is we just cannot keep our negative, heavy feelings trapped inside. They need to be released. And what I intuitively knew before I even did work like this was that I couldn't hold on to the emotion. It was bubbling over. But instead of that being in 
uncontrollable reactivity. Like it needed to be in a safe environment. So in relation to my ex-partner, that meant instead of firing back a mean-spirited text because I had unsuccessfully tried to stifle my anger and just get on with life, I would go for a run in quiet nature and, and probably push myself to my max, honestly, and then let the tears overflow or hit a pillow hard into my bed until I was sweaty. And maybe that sounds extreme to you, but in ways my situation was extreme and I needed something to balance myself. And what I do know is that when I let that happen, and crucially without judgment, I would always feel lighter, stronger and calmer afterwards. So maybe you are going through an intensely difficult period of your life right now, but maybe you're not. But I can certainly guarantee that you will have at least minor stresses and points of tension and overwhelm. And instead of just muscling along with that, or alternatively falling into a pile of tears and a downward negative spiral that you feel like you can't escape, give yourself permission to find healthy releases for your emotions. And even better if you allow yourself to connect to that in your body too, to get your energy flowing. I genuinely believe that that emotional release is a key component of emotional mastery. It's not a weakness, it's a very human part of life. So always find a healthy release for your heavy emotions. Lesson number two, resist closing your heart and stay open to love. Now in the aftermath of this relationship, my heart just hurt, you know, I couldn't believe that somebody I'd loved so honestly and truly had betrayed and played me to the extent that he did. And I remember my heart wanted to close. Like it's like I wanted to shield myself from the hurt that had been inflicted on me. And I wanted to be sure I would never face anything like that again. And I think we all know that feeling of wanting to protect our heart from hurt, right? So I felt that internal crunch or that rounding of your shoulders inwards towards your chest. And I certainly found it hard to trust when it came to dating because there was so much raw hurt that led to doubt and distrust and skepticism. And yet keeping my heart open, like even slightly ajar, especially in those early days, it made space to invite in new love. And what I ended up falling across or with was this deepest, most pure and most fulfilling love that I know with the person that I'm with now, David. And, you know, I look back and I'm so glad that I dared to do that. But I do know how hard it is. So I totally resonate with you if uh, if that's a current difficulty of yours. Now, of course, you know, this doesn't mean that all wounds are healed right away. I certainly had a lot of steps to take with actually releasing that hurt. So I remember I remember one time at a retreat, we did this exercise. So imagine like Titanic pose. You're going to think I'm bonkers, but hear me out a sec. So we're all in this room and there was very soft, like delicate, emotional type music playing, you know, that type. And we had a partner and we had to replicate this. I say Titanic style opening, but... The idea was that somebody was standing behind each of us, well, we took turns, but, and the, the person behind us was a protector or guardian angel, if you like. 
and they would place their hands on top of yours so on top of mine which were on my chest and then I would the idea was that I would slowly open my arms or my wings of course the underlying idea around this was release fear and hesitance and open your heart like open to love I kid you not I could not do it like naturally I could when it was just an automatic movement of opening my arms but when I really connected to my heart and what that meant consciously to open it I couldn't do it I I could not open and that really struck me like I think I'll always remember that because it was this really visceral feeling of wow I am resisting doing this because I don't want to be vulnerable and I know that is a common experience so like I said it's totally a journey and learning to remain open after being hurt is hard and we all have different ways of defending ourselves against that you know I'm reminded of Ben so in the episode last week on breaking through fear he opened up about how he had a fear of commitment fear of getting close to a romantic partner when really underneath that was a fear of rejection a fear of hurt a fear of abandonment again it's so often the way but what I want to end this bit on is with a quote from Rumi, I cite this so often because I think it's so on point, and that is, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I love that. But question for you, are you aware of the barriers you've built within yourself against it? And I invite you to look closely at those. I know I did, and it's been a really liberating journey. And something I am motivated to continue as well. Lesson number three, your intuition is your superpower. So what is your intuition? Well, think of it as your most powerful internal guidance system. It's your gut instinct or your inner knowing. Something that just, it just feels different. It isn't like logical reasoning from your mind. It's more of a vibe or a felt sense. It's nonverbal. So it's like a subtle knowing without ever having any idea why you know it. And different people have different ideas of where that comes from. So some people will say that that's your eternal higher self connecting with you. Some people will say it's your subconscious mind that has picked up on a lot more information than your conscious mind has over the years. And it draws parallels to your past experiences with your present environment to give you clues about how to proceed. But I think whatever it is, it is something to be listened to. And going back to what I said in the intro about my own example, the most striking example I've ever had of not listening to my intuition is linked to this very relationship I'm talking about in this episode. So I remember when... I met my sociopathic ex-partner and he was in the whole woomy phase. I remember looking back at a photo of him on Facebook after an early date, as you do, (laughs) and my inner alarm went off. It was like this hollow feeling in my stomach. There was nothing even bad about the photo per se. Like it was literally him looking directly at the camera, wearing a, a suit or something but I felt something was just off. Like really, I looked into his eyes and I felt like, okay, I need to be wary. There's something not okay here. 
But then, of course, I let my mind or my so-called logical reasoning mental self talk me out of it. You know, I thought, okay, it's unfair to judge on that. Uh, He's actually very kind and generous and thoughtful. So there's no reason for me to have that feeling. So I simply ignored it. And I remembered because this feeling came back to me after we broke up or quite soon after a later argument. And I saw that exact same thing in his eyes that I did at that point. I saw that same darkness and I had that same inner feeling of, oh, be careful. Like there's danger here. Something's off. And I remember saying to myself, wow, I will not ignore my intuition again. So that had a very real impact in my love life. But I've also let, as I've become more in tune with my intuition, I've let that guide me in other ways too, such as choosing next steps at work or even lesser things. But it's something I definitely recommend to others to get in touch with with themselves too. And the route, the entry point into that is really through quieting the mind and also mindfully tuning into your body. As again, I said, it's it's much more of a feeling than a, a thinking. So it will cut the messages will come through to you more through your body and your felt sense in your body rather than through the inner dialogue of your mind. Yeah, biggie for me, intuition. Lesson number four, taking personal responsibility is key to healing and growth. Now, I know sometimes this one can be a bit more controversial, or at least I hear very different opinions on this, but my belief at present, and I say at present because I think it's important to keep an open mind and to resist that ego attachment of my way and my belief is the right one. But my belief now is that in order to heal and grow, we need to take personal responsibility and accountability for our circumstances. So this is like the bitter medicine that many of us don't want to swallow, right? And this isn't to say that you were not a victim. You may well have been a victim. I was a victim of domestic violence, but I didn't want to remain there and I didn't want to get stuck in a victim mentality. And I I do genuinely remember a former counsellor bringing this up for me in terms of looking at why her invitation for me to look into why I chose that relationship, why I chose him in the first place. And of course, that was, I didn't want to hear that at first, or perhaps more precisely, it surprised me because I felt like by her saying that, it was invalidating the valid anger that I had against my ex-partner at that time. But then it suddenly dawned on me, like, oh my goodness, this is the path to freedom. Like, this is literally the road I need to walk down to understand myself better, to heal and to grow. So when I started hearing spiritual sayings like, Everything happens for you, not to you, from Byron Katie, for example. It began to make more sense to me. Like, yeah, what did I need to learn from that experience? And quite honestly, there was an awful lot that I wouldn't have learned without that relationship. And for that, at least, I am glad. Another reason why I think this 
is so key for all of us, you know, in taking the personal responsibility and accountability, it's in part to make sure that we don't keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again by always resting in the place of defensiveness. Because the more we learn to accept our role in the creation of our circumstances, the more we feel empowered to change it rather than feeling like the world is against you and there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's nothing you can do about this learnt hopeless or helplessness that you have. And I, I don't think that is the best way out of a difficult situation. And the last lesson for me, a big one, perhaps the biggest one, learn to detach from your thoughts to find inner peace. I mean, I am so passionate about this and absolutely convinced that this is the path to peace. And yeah, like I said, it probably is the most significant lesson of mine in starting over after an abusive relationship. And if you do join my coaching program when it launches, you can be absolutely sure that this will be part of it. So spoiler alert there. But, you know, in reflection, I'm yet to meet somebody who isn't or who hasn't been bothered by their thoughts. It just seems like it is intrinsic to humanity that we all have these rogue brains that we need to train for some bloody peace and quiet. And I certainly know that ruminating on what should or could have been in my relationship it just sent me spiraling down into these pits of negativity and emotionality and this would be when I was like washing the dishes I mean come on so you know and the thing is I know that you all get it like I know that you have those examples in your life when I don't know, someone said something that bothered you and then you mull it over in your mind hours later, like, oh, I could have said that as a response. Why did they do that? Or you play all the should-haves and could-haves and what-ifs over and over. I mean, in reality, there are an infinite number of examples of this, but the crux of it is that you are not living in the present moment. You are dwelling on the past or projecting into the future And it moves you further away from the baseline of peace to something depressing or anxiety-inducing and often for no helpful reason and to no useful avail either. But part of the lesson in this for me that really shifted things was realizing that also I am not my thoughts. Just like you are not your thoughts, you are not your emotions. The true you is beneath all of that. And for me, the consequence was I, I really developed a beautiful and blossoming spirituality that I find really nourishing and uplifting and almost comforting too. And it also helped me to gain more control over my inner world as well, because I would have more and more moments where I caught myself, you know, en route to that land of negativity, of complaint, of anxiety and depression and And I could steer myself onto a more pleasant course. So naturally, of course, this is an ongoing process, but I'm so damn proud of myself for that. And I know that you will feel proud of yourselves as well for braving your way through this wild journey we call life and embracing also growing through what you go through. So final message from me, you know, I want you to remember that sometimes the most difficult roads lead to the most beautiful destinations. And 
sometimes things don't make sense when you're going through them and then in a in a short time later a few months maybe even years you'll go oh wow i get it i get it and i'm grateful how strange so final message keep moving forward everyone and thanks for listening now if you know of anyone who may be encouraged or supported by this podcast please do share it with them and in the meantime everyone i hope you have a great week